Once you are self-aware, you must make a change. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. from around the world to inspire, motivate you, and help you move into action. Well, today I have Andrea Tetelova, and we are across time zones. We are across the seas, and I'm so excited to have Andrea here. She's been engaged in conscious fundraising, fundraising for over 10 years. She studied political science and lobbying in Washington, D.C., Brussels, she ran for public office for the first time when she was 18 in her hometown of Slovakia. She's worked for European Parliament and lobbying department of, in Washington, D.C. For eight years, she's run her own youth politics and education, NGO Youth Politics Education, with her amazing business partner and friend, and please forgive me if I do not pronounce this correctly, Lubica Ragula. Through our nonprofit, they've changed lives of 100 youth, educating them, giving them practical toolkits for full self-expressed politics, and later took the venture international when they involved YPE into the Global Academy of Conscious Politics, and then took the venture internationally. They evolved UPE into the Global Academy of Conscious Politics. Wow. So over 10 years, she's fundraised for national projects, social values, developed her own NGO in conscious politics for herself, joining amazing global transformation programs, Global Institute for Evolving Women, and in London at Landmark. She is the founder of the Conscious Fundraising Show, and where she shines light on extraordinary men and women to raise funds to make a dent in the world. And currently, her fundraising role is at the position of the country lead for Czech Republic at Bator Tabor. And Bator Tabor is a nonprofit organization which stands for children who suffer from serious diseases to live healthy lives. But something that you gotta learn about Andrea, she is also into winemaking. And the vineyard was passed down from her beloved father. She took over production of the vineyard in 2013 when her father passed away. And today she produces a white Riesling and a red called, okay, I'm going to give it a shot, Andrea, uh, Svato Varenke, which is similar to a sweet gout. And the secret to making a great wine, she says, is simple. You need to have a love, have great soil, and only touch the grapes with love. And she's grateful for Mother Nature, sun, rain, and every grape that goes into this process in September. Please welcome Andrea Tetelova to the show. Thank you. Thank I'm you, so Deborah. It's excited to have you here. It's amazing. Thank you so much and welcome everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for our invitation. I can't wait to, to rock with you today and have a great time. And thank you for such a beautiful introduction. I truly appreciate it. Oh, you are so welcome. So Andrea and I have met through a program that I have been a part of and she had been a part of as well through the Global Institute of Evolving Women. And just a connection, just a synergy I feel with you, Andrea. And I, and you know, we just got off an Instagram live, which was a lot of fun. And now I'm so excited to share you with the audience, our global audience who listens from the world. Um, listening to life, leadership, and business lessons. And today, I am really excited because this is something that I think people need to be more familiar with, is tell us what is conscious fundraising? Very simple. Uh, it's a fundraising that is not based only on raising the funds, which people associate with money. For me, it is creating like a triangle where you have three things. And it's that you connect with people and one element of conscious fundraising is the field, 
So the field you connect with people you talk to, to a field of the people you talk to and you can connect. And this is also raising some funds, some funds for you, some richness that you can get from the people. Then there is a time and it's a time you get or people give you because they love working with you. They love collaborating with you. They love co-creating with you. And then on the top of the triangle, there is funds. And why I say conscious is that we as the human species using Richard Barrett's uh, formulation interact with people from different levels of consciousness. And we in Global Institute for Evolving Women work with women like you and me and others around the world who interact on the level of five and more, which is like transforming something. And I think this is the level where you, if you meet with someone else, it's the level of consciousness, you can create really a win-win to both sides. And I will just name it now, we can touch upon that. You create an impact, which then can be channeled or, and can be funded by funds, by a time of specific person or by a field of her or his contacts, simply said. And I think at the end of the day, it's really that impact, that having that meaning and significance in the world really makes a difference. And one of the things when I, you know, was first thinking about consciousness and how people monetize their businesses or their purpose, one of the thing that really caught me when we were talking about that conscious fundraising is people think right away, like you said, that fundraising comes in the form of funds when we want to. And ultimately, you know, that might be part of the goal, but it's not the end goal. And realizing that with this fundraising, that when people focus on the monetary part, they're losing sight of the conscious collective of the relationships that get formed, the resources that get shared, the collaboration that happens. So I found it fascinating to hear about how you go about you know, helping people develop and raise funds more consciously. And when I saw that you were in politics at the age of 18, I was like blown away that you are someone who takes initiative. So when you think of fundraising and you find a cause that you're behind, what are the, some of the first things that you think of or do? I'll take some examples to explain everyone the, the ways of fundraising on all spectrums. So on the time, on a field and on money. With time, uh, it's a very clear, you know, last year, last year uh, we get a very important donor for our foundation, which meant that we could create the different activities for the kids who are tied to the bed. And that donor helped us a lot and it was the biggest financial donor. But this year I spoke to her and she said, I cannot give you money now, but I, I'd like to work with you to co-create the methodology, to co-create the way we engage the hospitals. And I wanna work with you. And it was January, 2021, when I actually got her commitment of a time. She's a head of CSR for whole Europe in this Danish BRICS company for kids. I cannot name them, but you might know who I'm talking about, the world's one, the world's largest one. And she said, I cannot give you money now, but I want to work with you and I want to co-create with you. It's been four months, January, February, March, April, May. So it's a fifth month. We went on the call yesterday and she asked me, okay, how much you need? She asked me that after co-creating with her. And I don't say that we will get this money. I want to say that she wants to be involved and her time that I get by listening to her and not just asking for money is the most valuable asset. Because she told me, I know you need money and I know we want to invest into you, but not now. Now I want to give you my time. So this is when you get the time of someone you really love collaborating with. Going to GFU, it's a field. When I started in Global Institute for Evolving Women, I was leading youth politics education. And uh, I had one mentor, thanks to youth politics education, who happened to be our former Minister of Foreign Affairs. 
So there is a connection between politics. And he had been well informed what I do with youth politics education and that we have an ambition or we would have an ambition to send as many people as possible to public institutions. And when I wanted to join GFU, I didn't have the, the funds, I was 22. And at that time, the founder of Global Institute for Evolving Women, Bea, as they arrived back from London to Slovakia, knew some business people whom they were in touch and whom she mentioned about my initiative because I showed an interest. And what happened to be that one of these business people who was a friend of hers had a talk with my mentor, who was the Minister of Foreign Affairs. And at that time, he said, all right, if you say this is a great potential for this country, I will support her partially to get to GFU so she can move it on. That was 2015. And I immediately, you know, got a feel, first of all, that the Bea took a stand for me. But then because of her friend who could donate something on the regional impact and my mentor who saw what I had done, made it available. And this was actually no real, you know, money sent to my account, but it were like, it were the funds that supported me to grow within GFU. And it was a field of these people that they suddenly opened to me and they connected with me and others. And the same happened when we started the initiative in Switzerland where our chair of the board, who was that time the business CEO of Adidas Group, which has nothing to do with politics, if someone is listening to us. But he used to study in Switzerland in St. Gallen. And when he saw that we want to have a clear public institutions, he said, why not to send people to Switzerland? Imagine that someone tells this to you and it's a long past and you have nothing in your hands. You wouldn't go to Switzerland. But he had such a power from his position, so he connected us with the Swiss ambassador in Slovakia, whom we met. Then he connected us, the Swiss ambassador, to Switzerland, and we could travel there. And we started the program there. Like, it was crazy, but within a year we started the program. And this was a field. This was just opening the field. And from these two different examples, I'd like to speak about the last one, which was about the money and which was about, yeah, last year when we, I won't speak about the biggest donation because that might sound like, okay, but they gave it from corporate money. I want to speak about the smallest donation, which made the, one of the biggest impact. It was about the, the farm that is specialized in horses who reach, who the people in the farm and which horses do the special hypotherapy. It's a therapy with the horses to ill kids. And we wanted to include hypotherapy to our programs. And we knew that the pharma company is well supporting them because they want the horses to live. And we wanted to work with them. So what I created was a conversation between this big pharma company, I cannot name, the horse farm and us. If, they, if we can find a synergy, so the pharma company could give us some money, we would use their horses and it would be a beautiful collaboration with an impact. And it happened so. It wasn't a big donation, but it doesn't matter because I want to show you that these were the finances you got from money, but you actually got from a time of someone that would be the horse company and a field that was a pharma. So I think this is how it, how it worked and how it has always worked. And I work now with the women, but we can talk about that. And I try to bring them the confidence to ask for money because asking for money for another cause is a different thing as to ask money for yourself and fundraise for yourself. It's, you know, we were talking earlier about opportunities and obstacles. And, you know, when people have that space of not feeling like they have the money for something, how do you help people shift to see the opportunity versus the obstacle? I do it. I will take two examples. One, which I do with the women, and that's based from my own experience, and one, what I do at the foundation. Uh, with foundation, uh, when speaking to the companies, uh, especially who are our biggest donors, we are the foundation in all Central Europe, so Hungary, Poland, Slovakia, and Czech Republic but every foundation has its own companies. And it's always about listening, what are their priorities? 
And when we tap into that, there is always money. It's beautifully said by my amazing role model in fundraising, Lynn Twist. There is, there is never enough and there is always enough. And what appreciates, appreciates. So when you appreciate their work and you saw some, some great symbiosis, they start appreciating your work. Clear example, so everyone who's watching sees it's a, it's a like real practical example. We are now launching the programs in the hospitals and in the schools. In the hospitals for kids who are hospitalized, at schools next year for the ones that will in, be integrated. One of the big technological company has this in its goals. So we ask them, all right, let's work with us and let's co-create a great collaboration that you will help us with technical equipment in the hospitals, because by now we have been doing that, you know, routers, internet connections, coverage, laptops, and then with schools, as you wanna have an impact there, we have some great curriculum there, let's do that. And it seems that it will work out. The same was with these playing bricks that happened last year. So this is really about listening and fine tuning to show them that they have abundance. And you always speak to people who have some abundance, you know? With individuals, this is different because I see that there is about to be very confident and be courageous to ask. Now I have one amazing client who is running her foundation and we are thinking about the way how she can leave her job maybe for part-time or for a few hours and really dedicate herself to fundraising for the foundation. But first of all, she really needs to see, right, I am, I am the one that has the vision to go for this and I can raise the funds, whereas the others of the organization can do the curriculum, can do the programs in Africa, et cetera, which is about that. So I try to bring them some kind of a stability how to create that functional uh, organization. But it starts with having the courage to ask. Again, another practical example, when I was selected to Washington DC, you mentioned, I had everything, but I didn't have money for a flight ticket. And the mentor of mine told me, okay, so raise the money. I was like, for a flight ticket? Like, you know, there's not a noble cause at all. 22 wants to travel to DC for her, okay, life's experience. So find the money or ask your parents. But he said, fundraise for it. If you want, then we find the options. And within a week, I fundraised for the flight ticket because it wasn't a DC working and traveling in hamburger store, which is fantastic. But my life in DC was about expanding the vision of foundation of in Slovakia, learning about lobbying and working in a lobbying industry and studying there to get the skills and bring them back. And this is what people saw when they send their 500 euros, maybe like 300 Canadian dollars or 400 or 1000 Canadian dollars to let me on the board. So you have to have really that courage to ask, could you support me? Could we find some collaboration? And the best thing is there are only two answers, yes or no. There is nothing in between, or maybe I'll call you later. <laughs> Andrea, how did you trust yourself to know that it was going to work out? Uh, I had that vision that time, but, you know, I don't want to go so much about the past. But when you mentioned that campaign, I didn't have any vision. Like I had just a program, but I wanted to be, you know, elected. I think that I didn't really have a, such a big confidence as I got over the years in Global Institute for Evolving Women. So at that time, maybe I had the vision and NGO and I was a student and that was maybe also easy. You know, when you are 22, yes, people see what you are up to, but you are 22. But it got very much worse in 2019 when I was joining again GFU in my evolutionary program. When I was doing two jobs, when I was working in lobbying, I had to leave my foundation after eight years and I was very much struggling. And then no one will, you know, support your flight ticket or nothing because you should have built something and it's gone. And then I think it takes a great community to have community of the women like you and all the others in GFU that will hold your back. So they help me, help me to create a new programs, find the new passions, you know, tuning to who I am. And this year, what it took me to, to start the programs and everything is is really, you know, the courage to see, like, why not to make it as a beautiful thing to empower the women to raise money? And also what made me present to that was last year in summer when I 
sat with my chair of the board and I asked for money. And I asked for a raise, like a salary raise. And there was a postponing, like we will talk about it later. But I remember that feeling and I remember that feeling and I told myself that, is it that shy and hesitant feeling that we women have when we even want to raise this question? And I, I, I bet I'm talking to many women, asking for salary raise, asking for money from the donor, if it's not for a noble cause of saving lives of kids, oh, I don't like it, don't ask me this. Although it's us. So, I got present to this thanks to those years, but also I got present to this actually a year ago, summer, June 2020, when I was at that stage and when I felt like I have to ask this. So I don't know if I got all these guts, but why not, you know? Why not to stand for who we are? So you always do it. What is your why, Andrea? Why fundraising? Why is it important to you? Because I love asking for money and raising funds. Like, I just love that, that entering of the conversation. And I know it might sound very snobbish, but over the last year, I found out it's not only about money. I really found out how important it is to really, you know, thinking about raising the funds. And this podcast is about the richness in your, from inside. And it's so important to also like raise the funds so you have enough. Because many NGO people, many foundations people, even many fundraisers in the political campaigns are just drained to tiredness and boredom and, 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 and even sickness because they are just tired of raising, raising months, for months and raising, raising the funds and not raising anything for themselves. And I love what you always say, like you have to like come from your like inside. So my why is that we women have to be empowered to ask for money, either if it's a salary raise or it's like a fundraising. Uh, we can create a lot in listening to each other and collaboration. And this is my why, because I love conscious relationships as well, which are like, you can create only when someone gives you trust and money. And I think, and sorry for this expression, it cannot go one or another. If it's only money, it won't work for long. And if it's only trust, it's beautiful. But when you raise the funds, you need some funds. But again, it might come in a year. And there is one thing you say. There's a resilience and persistence of nourishing. And you said it, Deborah, today on, on my show. It's reinforcing these relationships, but beautifully and with a real honest purpose. And I love doing the deals with people in a way that we all create something with it. It's just not like a sign and the logo on your web page. By the way, it doesn't work anymore like this for those who are listening. Uh, it really works. At least it has worked for me for those all years based on connections and co-creation. I think it's because people want to be a part of something so much bigger than themselves. And like the person who said they didn't have money right now and wanted to be part of development, that alone is an exchange that you can't, you know, disregard in any way. It's such richness, such perspective. And then when money becomes available, it shows up. I remember being on a plane. Um, I can't remember. I think she was going home or she was coming to Edmonton and I was going somewhere and we sat on the plane beside each other and we just got to know each other in this beautiful soul. And uh, she said to me, she goes, you know, Deb, someday I'm going to coach with you. Said, all right, let's do that. And a few years later, it wasn't immediately, but it was a few years later, we continued to have a connection and she reached out and she did some coaching with me. Another one said that, you know, when I get this position within a board, I'm going to bring you to come do a presentation for all the women in town. And years later, she's like, Deb, I'm in the position. And now I want to bring you here. What do we got to do? And I was just like, it's amazing. Like people think it's going to happen immediately. And it doesn't. When you continually to build and nurture relationships, keeping people in the loop, don't make them feel like a transaction, right? That one and done, 
I got what I want from you, but to continue to establish those relationships over time, doing a check-in on a regular basis. Don't, you know, do whatever you might help, help them. And all of a sudden they disappear. And it's, you know, it, it, you have to tell yourself that whatever you did for them was done with good intention. And hopefully if they're not going to someday come back to you, because there's that law of reciprocity, right? It comes in a different form. What has been your experience, Andrea, with that? I love what you said about that people are not transaction. And I think the biggest experience in my life is what you named. I never, ever seen people as a transaction. Never, ever. It's always been a relationship for me. I'm not that type of person that hangs out on every party and just gets with people all the time. No, but anyone in my life is a, is a transaction, isn't transaction. Just to be very clear in this negative, no one in my life is a transaction. Everyone is a relationship. And also mm, a part of this is really to be kind to people. And that's what I learned over just recent months that showing kindness is way more for me in raising funds especially fans of time and, and a field of the people than for the person that receives that. And I'm always very kind to people that even maybe were not the, the best ones to me or didn't, you know, relate the way you would like to. But when I took it on that I'd like to process it and in the end, I just like to be kind and say them all the best and wish them all the best. It seeded, like ex ex expanded my, my kindness. And here is one of my personal story to this as well, or, or one of the many more, but one of my very good friends and someone who is definitely my soul friend lives in the US and we've been in touch for three and a half years. And, and he's an amazing man, an amazing person. And we are not in touch every day, but we've been basically in touch for more than four years. And when he was here, he visited me in Slovakia. And you know, you know that you have this soul connection. And I just sometimes text him in these times when he's like sailing out and he doesn't have even a connection. So I understand that he won't be on Instagram all the time, but I just send him a text message whenever I want to celebrate something with him. And I did it yesterday because they finished their ship that they were preparing for holding out. And I just felt that kindness that I could, you know, give to him. And it was that act when I just sent the bottom send. And I know he read it and I don't expect an answer because I know he'll answer when he has time. It's not about that. And exactly, it's not about transaction or reaction. And I think he's a, such a great, my personal life example, that it's been always about kindness from both sides. It's been always about generosity from both sides and tons of conversations. But what I've learned over just past months, if you are kind to people, it just so much nourishes you and you can create the you can really raise so much from that conversations so i think this is this is very same similar as you said but this is something what i've spotted about kindness and seeding these seeds in my life and seeding those seeds of conversation imagine that if you didn't have those rich conversations with people that you wouldn't be generating ideas that could be where that money comes from so I think this is where I want to really have people on your, your mission and your purpose behind this conscious fundraising is planting seeds, having deeper conversations of finding out what matters to people. And when we start discovering what matters to people and they have an opportunity to have significance, like if you and them had a conversation and they said, yeah, run with it, Andrea. Take it and make it be born, this idea. They can sit back with the satisfaction that they know that they were part of it, right? Because that, that idea was meant to kind of like carrying a torch and passing it to you and saying, here, take it, run with it, make something happen with it. And then that ripples to all the people that are impacted by you. Yeah, you, I think you completely nailed it well. Exactly. It's the amount of people that are suddenly impacted by our conversations. But the so source of inspiration 
is for me a lot in Global Institute for Evolving Women, because even if there's a bad day or even if the mentality of people in this region maybe works different than the mentality of entrepreneurs in London or in America, especially in America, because fundraising is such a phenomena in America and maybe in Canada, here it's different. Then I tune into the global network and it's like a balsam for like a bomb for the soul. And from this, you can come out with ideas. And I'm not a generally big creator, I would say, and I'm not. And I wasn't even like this with listening. Like if you ask to any of our GFU other members, they would like, okay, can you just listen, Andrea? So it took me a while to transform this. It took me a lot of time to, uh-huh, it is like this. Uh-huh, I have to listen to this part, to this point. So for those of you who are watching us or listening to us and feel like, oh, she has it, that's so natural. No, I've been mastering that and it's still a big muscle to master. Because until, uh, I always say, until you close the deal, you know, in the, in the dealmaker language, and for those who are lawyers maybe know that, there is such a process. And that's an enrollment, that's fine-tuning, that's being present. And I'm learning that because every week I have tons of conversation, like many that are filled with this. But it's good, yeah, sometimes to, to kind of uh, narrow it down and calm and find the inspiration uh, how the conversations will look like and and tune in and try. I am someone who loves experimenting. So if, unless you don't do an action, you cannot see if it has an impact. Unless you don't do this conversation, you sometimes don't know. And this is something what I thought over past months, doing the fundraising shows and doing the instant lives and being in touch with GQ women and, and playing with you. I had such a such a respect to have someone like you on my show because you know Deborah is someone who sells the the thousands of podcasts she has the books like she's professional and she accepted my invitation to the show but why not to try become prepared be prepared that's a one key asset to every call but just try make an action because there we learn so I would just say that where, where I get the inspiration is GFU and is the people I talk to, but it's also about all of this mastery that goes like year by year. And I hope we, we t- talk about that. We'll go by your two, 109 and I'm fine with 100. So we have many years to go to master this <laughs> ability, just a little bit casual, you know? <laughs> yeah. One of the things that, you know, strikes me is, you know, when I think about networking, you know, being part of GIFU, the Global Institute of Evolving Women, it it, it helped me shift my thinking to the way that, that traditionally I've seen a lot of networkers do. You know, they go to a large functions, they gravitate to the same people often, they might meet one or two people that are not really particularly going to um how we call the wealth garden to enrich the soil or or whatnot but when you go intentionally to meet people who that you can support and others support you or being the encourager and you know steering away from the people who are the discouragers it really makes a big difference and when you evaluate and take out take some time to reflect on who are the five people you hang out with the most? Are they enriching the soil? Are they helping you or supporting you? Whether it, and again, it could be through time. It could be through mentoring. It could be through conversation and generating ideas. Um, I would love for you to talk about, you know, your approach to networking as you build your network of people that you build those relationships with. I'd like to bring here our mentoring if you Jess Russell and Jess is an astrophysician and he always speaks that it's not anymore about networking but it's about field working about like resonate resonance and I'm not an astrophysician so I cannot really uh, replicate what he says but it's really about the resonance we create and the vibrations we create and this is the way you somehow connect with people. Uh, so this is what I love that we really like want to tap into the field of the others, because if it's just about like business cards or if it's just about 
showing up at some meetings for 30 minutes and then going off in this Zoom era, it's not enough. So I would maybe speak about like three takeaways that I have. And one actually I thought, I didn't experience it by myself, but it's a beautiful one for ladies especially. And I get it taught by uh, the co-founder of GFU, Bea's sister Tatiana, who is my best friend, because she once advised me, you know, when you are at any networking party or reception, first of all, be well-dressed and be beautiful, but then don't chase the people. Stand in a, somewhere in the middle or in a very visible point where everyone can see you. Have a drink and just observe who will stop by. Because these are the people who, first of all, feel and can tap into your field, either because they are courageous, they are curious, or because just they want to like eat somewhere and there's no other table free. That's also possible. But it doesn't matter because you immediately start talking. And don't chase. Okay, you can move from table to table, but not more maybe than one or two because you are that radiant person. Ladies, this is especially for you. You are that radiant person. You have the dress, you are there. But now no physical events. So to the Zoom and to the all other online conversations, um, I, would, I really have learned to, to follow up and deepen the relationships I have connecting people. If I see immediately there is a connection to someone, I just do that. Last time I did it so, we met at a takeaway cafeteria with one with two ladies who apparently were not only fashionists and fashion models, but they one of them was a PA to one of the most popular composer, music Czech music composer, piano composer, who's been working with Hans Zimmer in LA. And I didn't know that. And I found out that. And my first thought was like, I'll connect you to our mentor, Gary Malkin, who is a seven times Emmy awarded music composer. This guy is in LA. He is in California. Amazing. And I did it. And I don't know what this connection will bring, but this was kind of my field expansion. And whenever now I post anything from this Czech composer, he responds to this. He's not following me, but he responds to this. And I really value his time because he wouldn't have to matter putting me hard and saying great. And by the way, with her, we have a great relationship. I'm using her hairdresser. We have chit chats. And it just happened over takeaway coffee and croissant because I just wanted to interact. So even if you have Zoom times, you still might go for your takeaway. You still might go to the grocery store and you still might do some connections there. My favorite cafeteria, I, I love them. They have a salad in Prague. If they're listening to this, they always give me something for free. But what I do, I always bring them something from my mini art for free. And just saying thank you and others. So, so this is a part you can do even in, in these times. Connecting, thinking whom to connect. If you are not this kind of a person, it doesn't matter. If you create, show up somewhere. If you like some Excel sheets or mechanic stuff, think how you can contribute to one or two people in your life. I think it's enough. And the third is that I try to connect a lot with GFU ladies these times, like you, seriously, and tap into my feminine. Who am I as a woman? How I, how I can vibrate a different energy and connect with the right, right women and men in my field. And I am an Instagram person, I have to admit. And I like just, you know, scrolling around it and see who is doing what, you know? So this is my, like having always the radars on. I even call myself, like, I just want to have the radars on. This is what I love. If you don't like it, don't do that. But this is my trick. How I kind of like, you know, follow. And if people want something about people, and especially about how to get closer, if it's appropriate, they ask me because I just know where they are or I know who've been with whom, you know, in terms of professional relationships. So these are my kind of three tips. So get connected, stand in the middle. If you are at a party, people will vibrate with you and uh, be aware of what's happening around you. And even if about one or two people in your life or about hundreds on your Instagram network, just be aware like follow up, respond, react, and, and, and send some compliments, send the hearts or say you are great. Sometimes it's such a small action can, can sparkle the day in these online times. Why not? Why not to say you have a beautiful code or wow, this is a beautiful video. And we have so many ways to do that. So I would say use social media as well. 
I would be social media free. Yes, use them for something that like expands what you love. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, when you say that, I have made a point of going into tags that I follow. And let's say coaching, there's other coaches out there, all offering different things. But if they say something that resonates with me, I purposely comment on what they're doing, and ensure that they know that they're bringing good to the world. And I appreciate their post. And some people might say, well, that's competition. I don't see it as competition. I see it as an opportunity to learn and tweak my my messaging to see if it resonates with people and say the same thing to make a comment. But I love how you say stand in the middle of the room and just see who comes to you. That that energy that you radiate off. And I and I think, you know, because it is so many layers, I I think that's so powerful to know that the people that do come into come into your field or come towards you to start the conversation that it is truly meant to be and some of it might be some side talk and it could be a distraction or whatnot but for you to be in more awareness of what is coming toward you because you never know where that connection leads like I said you know it, it can be immediate but rarely is it immediate and it's often you know maybe it could be six months down the road you know five months down the road could be at three years but Knowing that that connection re-enter my life at different points and for different reasons to really be uh, paying attention to why that might be, right? And from what you're sharing, Andrea, it's really about that energy that people bring forth. You do that as well, Deborah, because when you send hearts to my post and and you comment, it's not I know only from a from a friendship point of view, but you are interested. And, and I love you do that as well. And you could be the, the, the one that does stands behind and have the show. You would have the show and you would be doing great, but you interact. And I love that about you. I'm always so excited. You send me some hearts for something. I'm like, wow, she noticed. So what you do is so great, at least for someone like me. Maybe someone doesn't like it. So, okay, then don't be on social networks. It's fine. Reblock. It's all right. For everyone, it's, it's, you know, people are all around this, especially in Czech Republic. Oh, I want to reply. I want to have my own time. So do that. Like, switch it off. Don't be there. But the world is moving on. So if you are not there, fine. I'm not, I'm not paid, by the way, by any of the social media here. Uh, but and neither of them is donating any money to anything I work on. But I think it's just the way we connect. So if you are not there, it's okay. But yes, for me, it's this way. And this tactic, it also caused me kind of a lot of, Non really pleasant contact, I have to say, because when you are at the table, you apparently talk to someone. But I really want to use this case with this lady with croissant because I was standing at one part and they were standing next to me, if you imagine, in front of cafeteria. And there was nothing that could be saying for us. They were doing pictures and photos as the fashion models. And suddenly out of this, it's a beautiful connection that, by the way, saved me because I have my hairstylist finally, because I just saw like, She's a fashion, fashionist. She has to have a hairstylist, even in these times. Of course she has. And he came to my house and he just did me whole hairstyle for such a good price. And he's an amazing young man. So I even can support him. And it's not kind of, you know, this high level fashion style. You pay like thousands of euros and I even check crowds. Uh, and, and then it brought me to, to this composer. And, and I think it will bring me to other things with her. So as you said, sometimes it's really the level you vibrate and it's happening to me with people in the streets and I love talking to them. And it's actually, I think, the vibration that, that you attract. And it's good to know if it's not the right one because sometimes I just leave the party without one business card. And sometimes that pays away or it pays just one dinner and you don't want to really be in touch with this person anymore because it's not the fit. But it's good to try. And I just want to share you one funny story because this happened to me with last reception back in June 2020 when we finally met. I dressed up the best. I met a very interesting man who wanted to donate us. He was representing a very good automotive company. So we agreed, let's have a dinner and let's have a talk. 
I had some kind of a guess that the dinner might or could have been with a different tone, but I was just curious. So I, I suggested my favorite restaurant and I came there in my best dress and I was ready to talk. Of course, the first thing that was on the table was a big bouquet of flowers, like a huge, I've never received such a bouquet of flowers. And as the waiters, I always get to the restaurants I know and I love, so the waiters know me. And they were like, you apparently have a date here. I say, that's not a date. And please have this in mind. This is a professional dinner. So treat us this way. And at some point of time, you know, bring us a bill. So they knew. And, and we had an agreement with them and then I entered and we had the conversation, but that book of flowers, of course, was a sign that that should be something more. We thanked, we had a great dinner. We agreed that once they have some funds, they would help us, but that was it. We've never met again. And I would never ever like to meet maybe because I clearly understood that it's misunderstanding at all, uh, but it also happens. At least I had a good dinner and that was it. Uh, it was fundraising dinner that was fundraising only for me. And sometimes there could be big misunderstanding what's raising the funds for someone. Like, I think it, it's just good for us ladies to see this. Like we met so many men on the top levels who say yes to fundraising. So when you meet them, I will be honest, I had many dinners, which I always saw as a dinner and then I took taxi home. But there were many expectations. And I always advise women like me who are, for example, younger and not are in the 50s. If it comes, you have a crude dinner or you have a great lunch and better lunch or breakfast and it's enough and you never meet again and there's no funds. And I don't know if you want to use this, but yeah, I had to be like this because otherwise I don't know what would happen. Sometimes like they think they can, they can think that's more than dinner or breakfast or lunch. So it's not. But then you set up the boundaries also in terms of what money you will accept, from who you will accept the money, from who will accept your time. And if there's misunderstanding, be polite to each other and go away. But I wanted to share this because stay I think, kind. yes, stay kind. We always are kind to each other. I just saw with this first bouquet, okay, this is the first and the last I want to get from this person. And he wants to send us money. I'm grateful because the automotive industry he works at as a clear, great German industry. So that will be correct for the purposes we do, but no more dinners, right? No more breakfasts. Yeah, but that's just like I wanted to share maybe, not to have it all furly and airy and fairy and beautiful and trustworthy. Things happen. So you have to be aware and always, yeah, be kind, but like kind of like keep your dignity and play, not the playing the strings on the violin they want, but stay to your true as Sandra Deakin says yeah exactly I like that I like that yeah so we've come almost to the end of our interview and some there were a couple questions I ask all my I guess Andrea and I know I didn't prep you for this one book that has really impacted your life oh uh, I would say it's Definitely the soul of money from Lindvist on fundraising. And personally, it's Shakespeare and his Romeo and Juliet. I just love this oh, poem. <laughs> but, but I want to say too, yeah. Yeah. So what is it about Lindvist's book that stands out? It's the, it's the, what resonated, three things. Uh, having a stand, because if you have a stake, a stand, can, things can shift. And you always create unexpected things. Mm -hmm. Acceptance. Because when you, when you accept things, you can create. And appreciation, she says about what, appreciate, what you appreciate, appreciates. And this brings the soul to everything you do. What does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out? Mm -hmm. I think it's always having a joy, being able to have joy and experience joy and be healthy and fit. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That are, I think, the preconditions. <laughs> I never get an identical answer. That's why I love these questions. And it's so powerful to hear individuals' interpretations of what that looks like. Now, how can people stay in touch with you or work with you to become a more conscious fundraiser? 
You can go to my webpage, andreatitelova.com, and we can have a discovery conversation about how to have have a confidence to be courageous. And we have now a special, I offer a special package where you can also become a part of a global institute for evolving women. So please let, let, let me know. Let me know on Facebook where we run our conscious fundraising show or on Instagram where we do our Instagram live spot. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and then the web page. But if you just DM me on Facebook, that's the best because we can connect the, the, in the easiest way. And we can talk, what are you up to and what we can create together with you, with Deborah, with GFU. And it's not only my own solo creation. And I would love to plug you into communities that I'm around so you can get the most. Fantastic. Thank you so, so much, Andrea, for coming on the show. And for all of you listening, you know, I will have all of those links in the show notes just down below, because for you who are watching us on YouTube, all the links are going to be there in the description. And uh, we'll have everything available also on my website. And Andrea will have the assets as well. So we'll make sure that you're able to connect with Andrea, myself, so that we can help you rise up to whatever it is that you're creating in the world. Andrea, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been so meaningful to me to have you here and continue to deepen our connection as well. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Deborah, for being an inspiration and light for me and a bomb for my soul every time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much deeply from my heart. For those of you, please go over to my website as well at www.debrakazowski.com where you can get your free three-part video course right now, Making Habits Stick, to build some focus and consistency into your goals, your dreams, and let's make them happen. You can also set up a discovery complimentary call with me if you want to learn more about coaching with me through Deborah Kazowski International. Just go over to the webpage. There is a form for you to fill out there. But as Muhammad Gandhi says, be the change you want to see in the world. And on behalf of Andrea and myself, go out and make today. Thank you. Bye, everyone.